We are Saxon and Nico. And in November 2021, we went to the COP26 in Glasgow to interview different voices, including decision makers, scientists and environmental activists. We attended COP26 as part of the research for our series, Mission Find Aral, which tells the story of the Aral Sea. In the space of 40 years, the Aral Sea turned from the world's fourth largest lake to the world's youngest desert. Despite the fact it is considered by the UN as one of the worst environmental disasters of the world, it is a situation lesser known by the general public. At COP26, we wanted to learn about the other lesser known environmental issues and about what actions and solutions are needed for a better future. Pernell Childs June, I'm the Minister of Housing, Urban Renewal, Environment and Climate Change in Jamaica and I'm also co-chair of the NDC partnership. Thank you so much. And uh, firstly, I've heard a, a quote from yourself saying that no matter what we do at COP, we're already too far down the road um, and the conversation should be about adaption financing. Um, firstly, could you talk a little bit about what your objectives are, um, what the government's objectives are here at COP? And second of all, uh, how exactly the climate crisis is affecting Jamaica? Some specific examples. So, so the climate crisis is affecting countries like Jamaica who are smaller and more vulnerable um, in extreme ways. And, and even though we are among the lowest emitters, we are among the group of countries that will be most greatly and severely impacted. So we see this from a different angle. And the discussion, therefore, resonates in a different way. We can't think of hypotheticals, we can't think of what-ifs, uh, we have to think of what has to be done right now. And as I said, um, for us it's a conversion of the discussion from just the amount of money that is needed to the amount of lives that will be lost if we don't find the money and implement right now. Uh, so. Uh, when you hear me speak of um, us already being fired on the road, that's, that's not me, that's the science. I'm simply repeating what the scientists have said, what persons are uncomfortable hearing. Um, and I have to get you to be uncomfortable, because we are too comfortable. We are set in the same box and we need to stretch our minds and our ambitions to targets that let us get out of the normal placement. Because you do not respond to an emergency sitting down. You stand up and you do what has to be done when it's an emergency. This is not a normal situation. And so um, I'm here to, to speak on behalf of my country, on behalf of other developing states, not just in the Caribbean, but across the world, on behalf of the membership of the NDC, to say that climate action has to connect with national priorities, and, and national priorities have to recognize that this is a global issue, but it's going to impact us all locally. Thank you so much. And uh, just following on from that on NDCs, I understand that Jamaica were the first in the Caribbean to actually submit their updated NDC. Uh, could you just briefly tell us what does that update include? Um, how have you sure. revised it? So in June of last year, during the pandemic, we updated and submitted our NDC and it's focused on two sectors, energy and land use change. So we have implemented a three million trees in three years program um, and other programs to help with the preservation, restoration, protection of our forests and mangroves. Um, and of course, this is, this, is, this is within the reality that there are still several things on the ground that we have to fix. Um, we've already, um, we, we are also rather um, advancing significant improvements in efficiency in our energy sector. 
And so in terms of policy and legislation um, and regulations, uh, we're trying to push the transition. And so our updated NDC should see an improvement um, in around 25.4% um, in terms of our ambitious targets and more than 28% uh, also if we get international support. Uh, so Jamaica sees itself as a leader. We continue to have a very strong voice in the conversation and as the co-chair of NDC, um, it is only right uh, that my country is not just yapping but also doing what is necessary to start building that framework. We have a lot of work to do at home, don't get me wrong. And that's why it's important to see the NDC framework as a start. It's not the finish, it's not the objective. The objective now has to be using that map to be able to carry out the activities and actions in your country that will help you to stretch in a very uncomfortable way towards the targets. If we don't, if we carry on as we are now, we are going to roll ourselves like we are strolling on a Sunday morning way beyond two degrees Celsius and then everybody will get scared and everybody will panic. We don't want to panic. I'm not here to, 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 to be fatalistic or to make you panic. I'm here to say to you, let's step back, let's use the science, it's established, it's factual, and let's listen to it. And not just listen, let us act now. Mm, to, fo to follow on this uh, very optimistic uh, way of, of talking, um, you know, as you said, Caribbean islands are very vulnerable, you know, and I was wondering, because, you know, collaboration can be the key for this. So how, in terms of data sharing, experience sharing, like, what is the cooperation in Caribbean islands going and how it can go? So, so a big part of what the NDC does, actually, is to provide the technical and financial support and also to be able to identify best practices and identify pitfalls and help other countries to either avoid the pitfalls or to adapt and adopt the best practices. Um, and also within the region, we have several bodies, CARICOM, EOSIS, and other bodies that allow for us to communicate, um, to, to share our experiences and to learn from each other and also to have one strong voice. Remember, we are small countries scattered across the Caribbean. And so if we're going to be heard, we have to come together and speak in a collective, bold way. And so we try our best to do so, even though we have different characteristics and perhaps sometimes different, um, different priorities, uh, we are all impacted in similar ways. Most of us are countries that are not just small in economy or size, but we're surrounded by water. So when you talk about sea level rise, and you live in Jamaica as opposed to living in, in, the, in Europe, it's two different considerations. You, you, you're seeing it from two different angles, even though you're looking on the same thing. Um, so our reality um, causes us to see this, uh, this urgent action as something which we have to attend to right now. Just on following on what you says, um, because you know you're facing a reality, but how, why it's not really on the international scene, you know, why there is no much coverage on what is going on, you know, in Jamaica, in Caribbean islands, because Caribbean islands are very famous, you know, for tourism, and, but like, why, why there is, you know. So, I couldn't tell you um, specifically why you think the way you think. Mm. I can tell you why I think the way I think. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, though, uh, 
you find that human beings are selfish. Um, and human beings also have been cultured into reacting when they have to. And so we often wait until it's an emergency um, to go to the hospital. We often wait until we can do nothing more than the surgery to get the health issue, in, even in our own bodies, fixed. Um, it's often difficult for you to understand my issues and me to understand your issues if we're not communicating. And it's always easier if you come and live in Jamaica for a while. And so you find that persons who are not in the circumstances, um, it's harder for them to understand and so therefore it's harder for them to appreciate the urgency. That's why if you listen to development um, specialists who have lived, not just read about or, or visited for a holiday, but lived in various countries across this world, they have a greater scope of understanding. They speak on issues knowing what that family on the coastline is facing when the father cannot have access to the kind of biodiversity that has been bringing in money for the children to go to school. It becomes not just a story, but it becomes an actual start reality. And so if you ask why we aren't doing it, it's because we're not, we're not talking enough, we're not enjoying each other's countries enough so that we know exactly what's going on. Um, and there's just a natural, it's not a negative thing, it's, it's normal for, for selfishness, you know, you protect yourself. But the closing message has to be, protecting me is protecting you. Really powerful. And just finally from me, um, it seems to be quite common for people to gather this kind of uh, understanding of different cultures through travel. But yes. of course, it's not plausible or financially doable uh, for seven, eight, nine billion people to travel to different lands. What do you think the remedy is for this kind of global Leadership. understanding? Leadership. I'm not expecting the entire France to come to Jamaica. But that's why we are leaders. That's why I'm selected here. I have the burden of leaving my family at home to come here to represent my people and also to be able to understand and listen to my colleagues and friends across the world. So that together as leaders, we can understand the issues and make the right decisions and take the appropriate actions to protect our people. Um, and as I said to you, protecting France, protecting the USA, protecting China, is protecting Jamaica. We live in one contiguous space. The, the seas connect us. Even if, the, even if you feel the lands separate us. So we are all connected. And what happens in the Middle East affects Jamaica. Because sometimes we, we, sometimes we get the dust coming over, covering our island. Um, and it affects the solar panels. So we, we have to come to that reality. You don't have to believe me. You don't know me. Don't believe me. You do your own research, and you will appreciate how connected the world is, um, it, it, geographically, but more importantly, in terms of actions and consequences. What you do to the West is going to impact the East. What you don't do in the North 
it's going to impact us all. We're on one planet and we have to preserve it and protect it.